Warning, the following podcast is a shit show, and the individuals you are about to meet are idiots. Their opinions, anecdotes, and advice contain zero nutritional value. This is the critical human condition and all of its strangeness. This is life, according to an idiot. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, everybody. We just stared at each other for a couple of seconds, like, how are we going to start this episode? Because right. we forgot. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to According to an Idiot. Uh, we are here with another piping hot mini-sode for you. Woo! Look at the steam rising off of the plate. Yeah. By the way, I'm Mo, because I didn't get a chance to say anything yet. Oh, yeah. That's not important. Anyways, <laughs> hey, guys. It's me, Jeremy. <laughs> And we're going to talk for a while. Yeah. He's going to talk for a while, and every few minutes or so, I'll go, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yes. Wow, that's so interesting. Very true. And I'll do, sometimes I'll do a grunt, too, like mm-hmm. a, hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. A lot of rights. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. This is going to be hell. Uh, yes. Yeah, All right. Be let's fun. get. Let's get to it. Let's get down to business. Well, what, what is it? What are we talking me, about the first? The story I want to tell you about today, Mo, is the supernatural births of Mary Toft. Okay. Is she the creator of Toffee? Get out of my house. <laughs> Mary Toft uh, is a young maiden. She lived in England in 1726 is the year this story takes place when she was 25 years old. Mary Toft was a servant, a little Cinderella, but not... Beautiful. I would assume probably not beautiful because <laughs> she was of a very poor class. And she hailed from Godalming, which is in Surrey, England. And when she was 25, she got pregnant in the spring or summer of 1726, but then unfortunately had a miscarriage. Weirdly enough, after this miscarriage, Toft appeared to still be pregnant. And on September 27th of that year, Toft went into labor. Wow. Okay, so she's probably just um, spotting maybe interesting because pregnant women can bleed mm-hmm. while while they're still pregnant and they can still spot and sometimes they can bleed pretty heavily which shows um, some kind of issue with the pregnancy but maybe she was just spotting and thought she had a miscarriage perhaps perhaps so on september 27th when she was in labor she was assisted by her neighbor mary gill and later by her mother-in-law Anne toft as they assisted her through labor, they helped Mary Toff give birth to what was described as a liverless cat. Liverless? Liverless. What? Picture a dismembered cat. That's disgusting. Yes. So she gave birth to a liverless cat. Wait. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I know. What would the gender reveal party be like for that? Right. Just well, the liver is presented in a balloon? <laughs> is it like a kitten or like a cat? It's just described vaguely as a liverless cat. That's so weird. By all accounts, it was liverless. So the family called upon an obstetrician named John Howard. Howard arrives the next day to observe Mary Toff's very strange condition because obviously he's fascinated. Like, what's going on with this lady? Right. She's giving birth to dead animals. She says claw marks all over her coochie. Yeah. It's 1726. Anything's possible. <laughs> we don't know about logic yet. Right. So when John Howard arrived, Mary Toff's mother-in-law presented him with more animal parts that Mary had delivered the previous night. What? She's like, oh, she's not done yet. She's still popping this stuff out. The following day, Howard himself assisted Mary in delivering more animal parts, which included three legs of a cat, which was of a tabby color, and one leg of a rabbit. And um, this is disgusting. There was the guts of a cat also. And inside the guts of a cat was the backbone of an eel. What? So she's just sort of like an overflowing garbage disposal. 
Whoa. In the following month, Howard recorded more deliveries, including a rabbit's head, and in one day, nine dead baby rabbits. Whoa. Confused and amazed, Howard wrote to England's greatest doctors and scientists, as well as the king's secretary, describing Mary Toff's impossible births. On November 4th, Henry Davenant, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> Am I? Okay, I'm not going to sneeze. All right. False alarm. Uh, Henry Davenant, who is a member of King George's court, this is King George I, he went to investigate the matter himself. Davenant examined samples collected by John Howard and returned to London, seemingly convinced that Mary's births were authentic. John Howard routinely sent Davenant letters anytime she would give birth to more, uh, you know, <laughs> dead things. Um, and these letters eventually came into the attention of Nathaniel St. Andre, who is a surgeon and anatomist to the royal household. So by mid-November 1726, Nathaniel St. Andre and Samuel Molyneux, secretary to the Prince of Wales, which is the king's son, those two men were both dispatched to investigate the case further. By this time, Mary Toff's doctor, John Howard, had relocated Mary to his hometown of Guildford so that she could be monitored more closely. So essentially, she's on 24-hour watch in the doctor's home, and he's just pulling things out like a goddamn freak show. <laughs> so November 15th, St. Andre and Molyneux arrive in Guildford and are immediately greeted by John Howard, who informs them that, hey, you know, Mary is currently in labor with uh, her 15th rabbit. <laughs> it was a torso. St. Andre began an impromptu examination of her lady parts. He's very interested to determine whether or not the lungs of this rabbit part had ever breathed air. Mm -hmm. That would determine whether or not the rabbit had been developed actually inside of her. Right. And so he puts the lungs in water and they float, implying there was air in them. And That's so, a smart man. That's what I would think. This woman's shoving a bunch of animals up her cooch. Right. You don't know what's happening. But a close examination of her fallopian tubes showed that there's debris in there that would imply that they were, in fact, developed in her fallopian tubes. Oh. I couldn't find anywhere that went deeper into what St. Andre had found. His analysis was like, it doesn't make sense, but they're coming from her. Okay. Well, yeah. that, I don't know. Keep in mind this was 1726. <laughs> so like, She has rabbit what does he eggs know? in her ovaries. So Mary delivered more rabbit parts later that day, which included rabbit skin followed by a rabbit's head. Hmm. St. Andre and Molyneux inspected material found in the afterbirth, noting that some resembled parts of a cat as well as rabbits. While St. Andre's findings with the air-filled lungs seemed to indicate the specimen was not developed inside Mary's womb, St. Andre believed that these were indeed supernatural births, okay. which was a theory of the day. <laughs> so on November 20th, the king sent another surgeon to investigate, and this surgeon did not believe Toft at all. He was like, this doesn't make sense. I'm not seeing any evidence that it is developed inside of her. Right. It was all a hoax. She's just grabbing rabbits and shoving them in. Yeah. A weird very, sex thing. She looks very uncomfortable. <laughs> all the rabbits in town are missing. Right. Uh, so after studying samples of Mary's rabbits, the surgeon found evidence of them having been cut by a man-made instrument. And he also found dung pellets inside of the rabbit's entrails that contained corn and hay. Huh. It did not start inside of her. Right. Not only was it cut to fit into a tight space, but the specimen had consumed outside material huh. prior to its... Uh, birthing. <laughs> it's unbirthing and rebirthing. So this soon turned into an internal conflict between the medical experts involved, as all evidence was against St. Andre. Despite this, St. Andre doubled down on his claims that Mary Tuff's <laughs> rabbit births were supernatural births. Eventually, this is sort of a whole weird media circus, and Mary Tuff becomes a local celebrity. 
Those siding with the theory that the rabbit births were fraudulent pointed to the class struggle and desperation as motivators in the creation of such a ridiculous hoax. Her family has no money. And at the time in England, and for, I think, the next two centuries, what was really popular at the time was oddities and, like, mm, freak shows and right. medical oddities. Circuses yes, and things. Yes, people came to watch and pay and stuff. So they're like, well, this could very easily just be her trying to make a quick buck or trying to get mm-hmm. money for her family. Infamy. and Right, yeah. yeah. All publicity is good publicity. Mm-hmm. But this is Mary Toft's story. When Toft first became pregnant in 1726, she was a peasant, so she didn't have the luxury of not working while she was pregnant. Right. So she was working out in the fields. That April, while working in the fields, Mary was startled by a rabbit. And being the 18th century peasant, Mary, accompanied by another worker, pursued the rabbit because they wanted to catch it and eat it. Mm-hmm. They were unable to catch it. And then again later, they spotted another rabbit but failed to catch that one as well. And that night she dreamt that she was sitting down with both rabbits in her lap. And when she awoke, she experienced severe, what I guess you can attribute to morning sickness. She was very nauseous and sick. Mm. And for the next three months, she had an insatiable hunger for rabbits. Hmm. Yeah. And a lot of people at the time attributed this to this uh, old medical theory called maternal impression. And it was a phenomenon explaining birth defects and congenital disorders. So emotional stimulus experienced by a pregnant woman could influence the development of the fetus. So an example would be Mary seeing the rabbits and having that rabbit dream. Yeah. She was so affected by this bizarre dream that it changed the DNA of her child. All right. Yeah. Well, it's um, an interesting theory there. Yeah. It started out as, as a single human fetus, but now it's a thousand rabbit parts. Right. Like, how just does the, that work? Just the leg. Um, so on November 29th, Mary was brought to a London bathhouse where another doctor examined her before a sizable crowd of spectators consisting of medical professionals who had been summoned by Nathaniel St. Andre, who was eager to gain validation for right. his theory. So he's like, hey, everybody, get on down here and, and watch this doctor prove me right. <laughs> but the doctor didn't prove him right. The doctor was like, yeah, this this I don't know what I'm looking at here. This is nothing. And so Mary was unable to give birth to any more specimens in front of the mm-hmm. crowd. Mary Top was quartered in this bathhouse. She was spending the night there. I think it was like a several day investigation. The examining doctor, his name was James Douglas, and he eventually concluded that Mary's supposed condition was a complete fraud. Now, despite not producing any more rabbits and being deemed a fraud, Mary appeared to still be in labor. From what I read, it sounds like these labor pains were probably like severe physical pain from what seemed to be a really bad infection she had, uh, as you yeah. can imagine, because there's a bunch of dead animal parts in your hoo-ha. Uh, yeah. Ooh, that probably reeked. I can't imagine. Imagine that kind of queef. I can't even imagine. That's just a burp at that point. Yeah. Yeah, So she eventually lost consciousness from this pain. And days later, a worker at the bathhouse was caught sneaking a rabbit into Mary's room. And he confessed that Mary's sister-in-law had paid him to find a very small rabbit and bring it to Mary. Mm. So the plot thickens. There's some deceit. Now, Mary was questioned for several days but refused to give a confession. But after officials threatened to medically mutilate her, that was sort of all she needed to be like, okay, here's the deal. And on (laughs) December 7th, 1726, Mary confessed to having had manually inserted dead rabbits into her vagina, then allowing them to be removed by midwives during labor. It was described as she would kind of be holding her knees like she was containing something and holding it back. (sighs) Oh, God. Uh, In her (laughs) confession, which is kind of conspiracy-esque, Mary implicated four different people as people that helped her get away with it. But also, like, I read this and think maybe this wasn't her idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the people that she implicated were an unnamed stranger, 
her mother-in-law, Anne Toft, the wife of the local organ grinder, and Dr. John Howard. Huh. December 9th, Mary Toft was charged with being a, quote, notorious and vile cheat and, <laughs> and sent to the Bridewell prison where she was allegedly exhibited like a freak show exhibit by local uh, guards and people would come and look at her. And then so, she started birthing rats. <laughs> yeah, different animals. <laughs> yes, this is where uh, Animorphs came from. If you didn't read Animorphs growing up, sorry for the niche reference. Yeah, no idea. Did you not read Animorphs? No. Oh, God. Never heard of it. They had cool colors in the front where, like, someone would turn into an animal. You'd see, like, the stages of the uh, transformation. Okay. You should read up on your literature. Do you know the warrior books all about cats? Yeah, hell yeah. Hated those. Those are terrible. I hate them. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I so badly wanted to like them because they looked cool. They seemed cool. Yeah. They were not cool. The cat purred <laughs> they as all, I came near. How many purrs were in those books? <laughs> Too many. Captain Nichols. Yeah, purrs. They all had like, yeah, like they tried to make them like badass warrior cats for the unacquainted, these warrior cats. They all had like names that humans would give a cat, like freckles and stuff. Right, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the resolution of all this mess. Dr. John Howard was charged, but the charges were soon dropped, and he went on to surprisingly remain a respected figure in Guildford. What? Despite his involvement in shoving dead rabbits into a woman's vagina, uh, Nathaniel St. Andre was not as successful afterwards, and it said that his publicized connection with the hoax and his weird decision to not back off, being like, this is real, I'm a doctor, yeah, and I believe right. this, it really ruined his reputation. He lost all of his patients. And he became the subject of humiliation in the royal court. Now, Mary was released from jail after several months and returned to everyday life. Unfortunately, all of that trouble and she made no wealth off of the stuff, which is kind of sad, but also kind of OK because it was disgusting what she did. Right. Like, I'm never sure how to feel about this story. Like, who's the he there? I mean, there is no hero to this story. Yeah, they're but all just fucked and weird. You have to say, I, I personally sympathize with Mary because I'm sure she lived a terrible life. Well, she probably wasn't the smartest and she had these you people. Me? <laughs> yeah. Um, she had these people like her mother and this doctor and whoever mm -hmm. were all like, no, this, this is a great idea. All you have to do is put them up your cooch and we're yep. going to get so much money. And her probably starving and in a shit home is like, okay, you know, all I guess I'll right. do it then. I guess I'll go along then. I guess I'll do it. Shove it in me, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you have an English accent, I apologize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you don't all sound like that. But she did, I like to imagine. The fuck you saying, mate? Oi, bruv. Hey, bruv. Put yeah. a rabbit in me, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Mary was released several months later, having made no wealth from the whole ordeal. Not a lot is known about Mary's life after all of this, but it is known that in February 1728, Mary gave birth to a daughter. A real little baby, not a bunch of rabbit parts. Wow. So it didn't, I guess it didn't diminish her ability to have children. I, I was surprised. I would imagine that yeah. she would either die from that or just not be, she'd be. Severely infertile. Yeah, very infertile. But no, she had a, she had a daughter. With a rabbit leg. <laughs> With a, yeah. She jumped really high and loved eating carrots. <laughs> yeah. So when Mary Toff died in 1763, she lived a considerable, she should have died, I feel like. That, <laughs> yeah. How did that not kill her? But anyway, so when she died in 1763, her obituary ran in London newspapers alongside statesmen and aristocrats. So, like, wow. she kind of had the last laugh. Haha, -ha, you fools. You were a statesman. I put dead animals inside of my genitals. <laughs> yeah. Isn't People that cool? love me. People love me. I'm fun. Imagine so... hearing that about your mom, though. Oh, God. Growing up. Uh, oh, man. You're, you're the Toft daughter? Oh, God. You're the rabbit girl? <laughs> yeah. Could you ever have, like, a family pet after that? Mom, don't please, mom, don't put this Where'd in your- Where'd the cat go? Where'd the cat go, mom? 
Spread them. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta give birth real quick. Not again. Saving wah, wah. it for later. Canned laughter. It's a sitcom. All right. <laughs> so I thought this was interesting. Published in 1726, a famous satirical ballad penned by Alexander Pope and William Pulteney, titled "The Discovery" or "The Squire Turned Ferret," reflects on the hoax and Mary Toff's trickery, which nearly ruined the careers and credibility of countless members of the upper class. The ballad opens with this verse. Most true it is, I dare to say, ever since the days of Eve, the weakest women sometimes may the wisest man deceive. Mmm, wow. Here's looking at you, Mary Toft. You tricky little minx. They weren't ready for you. And you said, somebody hold my beer. (laughs) Or somebody hold my uterus. (laughs) I'm about to give birth to a goddamn dead animal. Fuck yeah. And people believed you for a while. That's crazy. Right. Before someone took out the lungs. (laughs) weren't for that you'd be a-okay <laughs> you'd be riding high <laughs> well <laughs> chew on that for a while chew on that mutton mutton if you will what a waste though what a waste of like food mm, true in reality she could have been eating those rabbits but no she That's was dismembering them and putting them inside of her body all, all for a, a newspaper article all for a news well that wasn't the i don't think that was her like ultimate goal <laughs> I think her goal was like i could make some money but I think ultimately it's a tale of desperation, you know, not her proudest moment, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But things seem to kind of, I guess, maybe work out okay afterwards. All it took was decomposed animal material inside of her body. Right. And I think that's a lesson we can all uh, relate to. Yeah, I think that we can all take bits of that story and apply it to our own lives. Or on our respective holes. Right. Penis hole? Maybe not that one, because that's going to be a tight squeeze. Mm, true. Because she wasn't putting it in her urethra. She was putting it in her... Her cooch. Her cooch. Her, her cooch. Her slit. Her, hey, I don't know if we can say that. Her, her womanly slit. <laughs> God. Well, you said it, so... That's the worst That's the worst pairing of words I've ever heard. Oh, God, yeah. Womanly slit. Yeah. That's interesting. I've never heard... Uh... That story before. And I bet you hope you'll never hear it again. Nice deviation from mainstream spooky topics. Yeah. I'm here for all your niche shit. I find that terrifying because that just really upsets me. This idea that you would do that to your body. Well, she was also probably bored. What do you have to do? That's true. You know, there's no TV. There's, there's no Facebook. There's nothing to do. Like, mm, well, I guess I'll just try and get rich quick. Yeah. And then she went around the town and was like, do you guys want to get rich quick? Hey. I got the plan for you, and then she sold it, and then everybody was just sad because all they had was rabbit legs. And a great story to tell. Maybe that's why rabbit ears are lucky. Rabbit feet. Rabbit feet, right. Yeah. Rabbit ears are on top of an old TV. Rabbit feet are definitely lucky because of Mary Toft, Mm -hmm. I've decided. Yeah. They all started with her. People said, you know what? This came out of a woman. It was super lucky. And we're going to respect that. We're going to wear this so that we don't get hurt or die. Right. And that's why it's called the Toft feet yep we didn't make that up at all that's really what it is <laughs> write that down kids that'll be on the exam mm-hmm. well everybody i hope you enjoyed this very short disturbing story about mary Toft and her supernatural births yeah i enjoyed it and i hope you guys did as well if you would like to give us any feedback or suggest your own topics that you would like us to cover you can email us at according to an idiot at gmail.com you can also get a hold of us on Instagram and Facebook at According to an Idiot or our Twitter at Idiots Accord. You can also leave us an iTunes review if you're feeling extra super generous. I know you have the time for it right now. Please leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. It helps us out. It helps people find us. 
and it helps you find yourself because by doing a good deed, don't you feel good about it? Yeah. Fucking do it, bruv. Oi, bruv. Hey, bruv. Where's the rab rabbit? Where's the rabbit at, bruv? That's a bad one. You can't win them all. Can't win them all. Can't win them all. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe and healthy. I will see you in time. Bruv. <laughs> Oi, bruv. I will see you in time. That was, a, that, was, that was even worse than the other one. Oh, I love it. Oh, God. Bye.